Welcome to Liz Collin Reports. On the podcast, another head-scratcher at the state capitol in St. Paul. Representative Jim Nash, who represents the Waconia area just west of the Twin Cities, is my guest. Representative Nash, thanks so much for joining me. Liz, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I want to get to a few things in our conversation, but first, a bill that you've flagged, House File 685. So as it's worded now, it essentially says you can't buy homes to turn into rental income in Minnesota. And this one certainly uh, stuck out to you. What's going on here? Yeah, it came into the housing committee the other day. And the thing that stuck out in my mind was that if you and a group of people created an LLC or some sort of corporation to buy homes, single family homes, to then turn into a rental property and all of us know someone that does that. Uh, The bill says that that would now be illegal. And if you did not divest yourself of those houses, you could either be sued by the attorney general or forced to divest yourself of those houses at a public auction. And where I grew up, um, if I work really hard to create capital for myself, I should be able to buy whatever the heck I want. Yeah, this spells out, I'll go ahead and put it up for for our viewers, corporate entities, developers and contractors prohibited from converting single family home into rental property unit. And you've talked about these red flags start flying uh, right right away. You call this, you know, a socialist, communist uh, approach to housing. At what point do I not get to to direct how I spend my capital that I spend uh, effort to accrue. If I want to buy some houses to turn into a really solid, uh, safe place for someone to rent, then I should be able to do so. And, you know, a lot of times, Liz, these corporations that are so evil um, are groups of people that will buy homes that uh, somebody wouldn't have the wherewithal to refurbish and get to a point where they're rentable again. So you've got people who will come in and they'll buy a home. They will invest who knows how much money to get it to where it can be used as a rental property. And then they put their capital at risk to create that rental property so that they can provide for their family. And this is not, this bill is not limited to just the Metro area where they say this is such a problem. This is, if you wanted to buy something in international falls, Liz, uh, that you couldn't do that. Well, there aren't these problems in the outstate. And I I, uh, referenced an article in committee that says, and it was from The Atlantic, which is not exactly a conservative rag by any stretch of imagination, but the author said that this is actually not happening, that the the premise that they have is is false. And if this were to pass, this would be the first state in the country to ever do such a thing, correct? Yeah, we're trying to be a a thought leader here in Minnesota. Um, This is is heavy hand of government coming down. And, And I didn't ask this question in committee, but I'll, I'll probably ask it on the floor is at what point do they then come to someone like my wife and I, who have six kids and we have a large home in Waconia to house all of our kids? At what point when the kids move away, do they come and say, you need to move now uh, because this single family dwelling uh, is obviously bigger than you need. So we're going to forcibly downsize you to something else and uh, require you to, to, to give up this nice house for I'm a property rights guy. If you own it, you should be able to pursue that which you would like to do with your property. It's just crazy. It is crazy. It appears the bill, though, has 10 DFL authors at this point. We'll go ahead and show our viewers uh, who they are. But what's their side? Why do they want this? 
So their their argument, Liz, is that there are large hedge funds and corporations that have hundreds of millions of dollars at their disposal to come in and buy up 20, 30, 40, 50 homes at a time in order to turn into rental property and that they are depriving uh, people who wish to buy a single family home the opportunity to do so because they're paying all cash, no contingencies. Uh, they're just swooping in and buying it up. But that article that I referenced it actually says that many of these homes are, again, not homes that, that people would be pursuing, but that the the instances are not as pervasive as, as the DFL is claiming. Um, you know, we heard in committee, one of the DFL members say, well, I tried to put a house, an offer in on a certain house and, and I, I lost, uh, you know, 15 other people before me. Well, they didn't clarify whether that was a corporation or not. And our experience with listening to the realtors is, um, that most people who are putting an offer in on a home are other single family dweller buyers who are just trying to, to find that home for themselves. The crux of this problem is that we're not building enough homes in the state of Minnesota. If we increase the number of homes that we're building, this problem goes away. You're right. seeking to eliminate the ability to do this. The language is quite clear. You're not trying to, to jiggle the toilet handle. You're trying to make it so that I can't buy land or these other people can't buy houses or whatever. There are some profound capitalistic philosophical differences that I, I, I can't wrap my head around. Well, backing up to the signing on uh, January 31st, the new law that places a right to an abortion for any reason and without a limit on viability. Fair to say, though, it's been a, a tough few weeks at the Capitol so far this, this session? Liz, it really has. You know, we, we pointed out that this is the most extreme abortion bill that is now in the country, and it puts us in parity with North Korea and China as to their abortion positions. But sadly, uh, this is not their last abortion bill. So that was House File 1. House File 91 is coming, Liz, and it's going to be even worse. So it removes any restriction at, that has been on abortion at all. Not only is it late term, but the argument has been made that it can also be post-delivery abortion. So for all those moms out there that have, have given birth to a, a child, they're now saying that you can uh, kill it on the table. And that argument has been made. And uh, it's just distressing. And I, I don't know that people are taking the time to think through what does this actually mean to our, our, our culture and our state that this, this culture of death seems to be uh, becoming more and more pervasive. And we saw Democrats again and again reject multiple Republican amendments uh, to the PRO Act, Representative Nash. You're not even Catholic, but you actually referred to the bishop's letter uh, before the House vote, and you urged Democrats to find some courage. And in the end, they, they just couldn't. I did. And, and I have to say to my, my Catholic friends out there, thank you for, one, standing up and saying this is the wrong thing to do. But after the fact, Liz, I, I got calls, emails, and text messages from Catholics not just in Minnesota, but all over the country, this is a message that we have to send that life is precious and that we can't just so brazenly uh, open up the doors to, to getting rid of, of a child because they, they are inconvenient. You, know, I, you and I were talking last night, uh, setting up for today, in the Ways and Means Committee hearing, uh, I think it was the first week of session as we were talking about various bills and different priorities, 
uh, Representative Tina Liebling made a point in Ways and Means to say that long term in the state of Minnesota, the workforce will be stronger because women will not have left the workforce because of an inconvenient pregnancy that they can abort those children and get back to work. Uh, I don't even know what to say to that. It is. It's it's unbelievable. And, you know, you being at this now since since 2014, been at it for a while, but have you ever seen anything like this, uh, th- this session in, in St. Paul? How, how concerned uh, are you? I've never seen anything like this. You know, in years past, there have been some very common sense Democrats who have said, you know, this one, we may, may be out kicking our coverage on this one. This may be a bridge too far. Uh, none of those impediments are, are here right now. They're, they're just pushing as many things as they possibly can as quickly as they possibly can. Uh, I think I told you this again, that they're, they were considering an amendment to the rules of the house to limit debate. And that meant that they would try to turn off the voices of Republicans in the minority to ask questions or offer amendments or to, to point out some of the things that were wrong with the, the different bills. Now, fortunately, we, we believe that that has been held off. But when you consider that uh, a House member represents roughly 42,500 people, what they're saying is that for every one of us, they tell to sit down and be quiet. They're saying to 42,500 people, you have no voice at the Capitol. And that is my big concern. In a place that in the House of Representatives, it says above the rostrum of the speaker, it says, Vox popularum is vox day. It means the voice of the people is the voice of God. I think we've lost our bearings on that particular saying. I think so many of us are, are seeing it, you know, firsthand. Elections ha- have consequences. Uh, we've talked about this this before as well, but it's almost two Minnesotas that we live in uh, currently. You must uh, hear that and, and see that in Waconia as well. Yeah, and I, I've driven all over the state to help our candidates get elected. Uh, I, I would argue that there are indeed two Minnesotas. There is the geographic outstate where we hold the majority of our seats, and then the downtowners, as I call them, uh, that... They won the election, and that stinks. But as you said, elections do have consequences. Uh, we are paying for that right now. And it is, I think, far more than many of the people who voted for the DFL would believe would have happened. Uh, I think that if you were to go back and, and ask some of the people who cast ballots for some of the folks who got elected, they would are, they would agree that things went too far too fast and if we are in, I think, week five now and things have gone too far or too fast, I can only imagine what happens in the second year of the biennium. Keep us posted on this rental property bill uh, ban and, and other things uh, moving ahead at, at the Capitol. We, we appreciate your time very much. We'll check back. Yeah, Liz, I, I appreciate the time to be with you and uh, never hesitate to reach back out. All right. Representative Jim Nash again. Thank you. And that will do it for this episode of Liz Collin Reports. Be sure to click the subscribe button on YouTube or listen anywhere you get your podcasts.